0: This message is called, Jesus, God's Answer to Humanity. Jesus, God's Answer to Humanity. And so, ultimately, as we've already kind of talked about, what is Christmas? What is Christmas? Christmas is where we celebrate the birth of Jesus coming into the earth. And I know you got Christians that will sit around and bicker, well, he wasn't born around this time of the year. And You know what? This, we celebrate, this is what we're celebrating, Jesus born into the earth. Amen. And what happened when Jesus was born into the earth? God was giving his final answer to humanity. Hallelujah. Let me just say it like this: when God gave Jesus, He gave his answer to all things. Praise God. Or I could say it like this: when you receive Jesus, you receive all things from God. So what basically what I'm trying to say is all things that God has to offer a person is actually found in Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, two through seven. Isaiah chapter nine, two through seven. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus is the answer. I want you to think about any problem that you may be having in your life because I know we have some visitors in this room, and, and everybody's life looks differently. Everybody has different problems. Everybody's been through different things. But, guys, although we may have different problems, there is one answer and one solution. It's Jesus. Say, Jesus. So I want you to think about anything in your life, and I want you to think about everything in your life, and I want you to say this after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is the answer. Well, Pastor John, I'm having marriage problems. Jesus is the answer. Well, Pastor John, I'm having problems with my children, and and, and they've gone astray and have prodigal children. Let me tell you something. Jesus, say Jesus, is the answer. Well, Pastor John, I'm having a, a hard time financially. I just cannot seem to get out of this pit financially. Say Jesus is the answer. Pastor John, I have sickness in my body. I've, been, I've, I've received a horrible diagnosis from the doctors. What should I do? Jesus is the answer. God's one answer. He only has one answer. Say one thing. One answer to all humanity, and it, it is Jesus Christ. So Isaiah 9, 2 through 7, let's look at this. It says, this was a prophecy from the great prophet Isaiah, speaking of the Messiah that was to come. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Say a great light. light. For those who lived in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. It says they will rejoice because you as people, uh, I'm sorry, they will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. Praise God. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. Anybody like that? Anybody say, you know what? I'd like the heavy burden lifted off of my shoulders. You will uh, break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warriors and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burnt. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. Who is that child? Say Jesus. This again, this was a prophecy of Jesus. Jesus was the child that was born. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. Anybody thankful for that? The government rests on his shoulders. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 2 that men, they make their own plans Of what they're going to do in the earth. And you got so many people so concerned with the government. But I'm going to tell you that we have a king that's above the government. His name is Jesus. Jesus does not depend on the government. In fact, the government depends on Jesus. It rests on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Hallelujah. So this was the prophet Isaiah. Prophesying, looking forward to the Messiah who would come. And it said, he said things like this He will come and be a light to the people. He said that he would break the yoke of slavery and rule his people. And that who was in the light? He was a light in the darkness. Amen. Who was this person? Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Come on, this is all about Jesus. One more time, say Jesus. So, Jesus is God's answer to all humanity. And that's actually the the reason I wanted to read you that text was they knew this. The Jewish people knew this. They had all these prophecies all throughout the Old Testament of the coming Messiah, and they knew that when he came, that that was God's solution, right? That was God's solution to their problems. That was God's answer to their situation. It was the Messiah that was to come. So in Jesus, God gave his answer to humanity, so let me break that down a little bit more to you. Number one, what all problems does Jesus answer? Number one, Jesus is God's answer to sin. Jesus is God's answer to sin. I want to tell you this there is a wage for sin, according to the Bible, and who knows what that wage is? There's a, there's a price that must be paid for sin. You know, the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Say everybody. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You've fallen short. You've fallen short. We've all fallen short. Everybody has sinned, right? And what's the wages of sin? Say death. And this is in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So basically, the Bible teaches that where there is sin, there must be death. So can we all agree? Who's sinned in this room ever in your life? Come on, raise your hand. Who has sinned? Who's committed sin? So according to the Bible, the wage that is due to us is death, right? Okay, so look at this. 2 Corinthians five twenty one talking about Jesus for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what does that basically mean? Death is due to all of us, and so how did God pay that price that was due? He sent his son to die. Jesus died in place of us. We don't have to pay the price for sin because of, say, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is God's answer to sin. Praise the Lord. I want to hit this point. Look at Romans 5 It says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This verse right here, I'm telling you, it will break every lie of the enemy off of your life. Every lie that tries to tell you that you've gone too far. Every lie that tries to tell you that you've sinned too much. There's people that feel like that. There's people that feel like they're unredeemable. There's people that have been so caught up in in, in horrible things. They said, I've hurt too many people. I've gone too far. I've burned too many bridges. God, he doesn't want me. They think that God is actually standing in heaven, and he's just judging them, and that he hates them, and he's angry at them, and the devil feeds them that lie, keeping them far from God. Thinking that the Lord could never use me and he could never redeem me because I've just been the scum of the earth and I've gone too far. But the Bible says that God showed his great love for us by by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That means that Jesus didn't come once we got it all perfect and figured out. While we were enemies, another passage talks about. He came while we were his enemies. Why? Because he loves us. So I want you to get this. Say he loves me. God loves you. Listen to me. God wants you. Amen. God wants you. You may feel like you have nothing to offer. God wants you. Hallelujah. so while we were still sinners, Isaiah 9-2, this was the light that came into the darkness. And I really want you to get this point this morning. Isaiah 9-2, the prophecy about Jesus said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. So again, people think that Jesus doesn't want us. They say we've messed up too bad. We've hurt too many people. We've gone too far. We are unredeemable. We think, this is what people think. They think that Jesus only wants people who are already in the light. Amen. They think that Jesus is only interested in the church. I know it's ironic because I'm wearing a suit jacket, but they think that Jesus is only interested in the suit jacket, clean cut, you know, uh, type of of person, that that's the type of person who's already got it all figured out. No, we think Jesus already only wants people who are in the light, but look at this. The Bible doesn't say that the light, remember, because it called Jesus the light. It doesn't say the light came into the light, does it? The light came into that which was already light. And they just had a big light show together. No, it says the light came into the darkness. What does that mean? That means while we were still sinners. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is not deterred by your situation. Are y'all with me? I don't care how deep it is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how dark it is. He didn't come into the light. He came into the darkness. What does that show you? That Jesus is not offended. He's not scared. He's not deterred. He's not, uh, he's not ashamed. He's not angry. He's not judging you. Jesus wants you right where you're at. Hallelujah. In fact, look at Mark 2.17. The Pharisees often judge Jesus. Why are you hanging out with all these wicked, sinful people, right? Why are you hanging out with them? There was prostitutes. There was tax collectors. There was all these people hanging around Jesus. And they constantly said, if you were a prophet, think about in the Bible, there was a woman with an alabaster jar. She came to Jesus, and she, she, she began to pour out the jar and the ointment all over his feet. And the, and the Pharisees actually said if he was a prophet, he would know the type of woman that was touching him. But look what Jesus said, Mark 2, 17. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you something. You may think, well, I'm messed up. I don't know if God could really use me or redeem me. You're the perfect candidate for God to use you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will take you now, say now, in the filth, in the dark. He doesn't want to get you perfect, and then you come to him. He wants you to take your sin, as dark as it may seem, and lay it at his feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. As Christians, that's what we're called to do. We're not called to, to build walls. We're called to build bridges. Are you with me? We're not called as a church to build high walls, a little watering hole for just uh, upper class, middle class, or white people, Mexican people. You, know, you have white churches, black churches, uh, Mexican churches. You got middle class churches. You got upper class churches. You You know, we're not called to build walls. As Christians, we are to literally, we are to be like Christ. We are to go to the deepest, darkest place. The place that the devil actually tells you, don't go there. It's too dangerous for you to go. Don't go to that neighborhood. It's too dangerous. Don't go to those people. Just build a nice little walled-in, gated community and a watering hole for people to come to. But Jesus didn't do that. He was the light, and he came into the darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to tell people that God loves them, that Jesus paid a price for them. They can be free. Hallelujah. Amen. So... Jesus was God's answer to sin. Praise the Lord. And I'm also going to say this. Jesus is the only way. Say the only way. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the only way to God. And the real truth and the real life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Can I tell you guys something in here? You cannot earn your salvation any other way. We meet people all the time where we like, to, we like to evangelize. Everywhere that we go, we go to a restaurant, we go to, to uh, Walmart, or the cashier across from us, we like to ask this question. If you were to die today, and I want to ask everybody this question, are you certain that you would enter into heaven? A lot of people, some people say no, and it's amazing because then we can share the gospel. But some people say, yes, I'm certain. And then you begin to ask, that's amazing, but how are you so certain? And they'll begin to say things like, well... Uh, you know, one time I, I painted a Catholic church. I did a good thing. One time I helped an old lady cross the street with her groceries. You guys can laugh. It's okay. Maybe it wasn't funny. I don't know. But the, the point is they think, well, I, you know, they'll say things like, well, I try to be a good person. Guys, you know the Bible says that our righteousness is as a filthy rags compared to the Lord? He's the only way. Say, he's the only way. So that actually tells you that there is no other solution in life. Again, a lot of people, they're just trying to treat symptoms. Well, my life is messed up. So if I get this job over here, and then, and then I get this thing figured out, and I can move my family into this location, and, and I can get this fixed with my marriage, and, and we think that we can actually solve life's problems by just treating all these symptoms, but Jesus actually said, I am the only way. That you can't ever fix the problem until you deal with the root. You must receive the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. Say the only way. way. You know, again, people think, well, I hope that when I would die that I would go to heaven because I try to be a good person. There's only one way. It's not just being a good person. You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that God raised him from the dead. It's very simple. You must acknowledge that I have sinned. And we all raised our hand. And that God's answer to sin is not just me being better in and of myself. There's one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ, and I must call on his name and surrender to his lordship. So he's the only way to heaven. But I want you to see this as well. He didn't only say, I am the only way. The NLT says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Say the life. The life. And I'm going to tell you this is not only is God the only way to heaven, Jesus the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to live life on this earth. You know, I I I I I believe this. The great church planter Dag Haywood Mills said we must convince people that seeking the kingdom of heaven is the most valuable thing that you could ever do in life. You got to understand that God created the the heavens and the earth, right? You know, God created all things. He is the creator. He intended us to live a specific way, and Jesus said, I am that way. So what does that tell you? Life outside of Christ will never work. Will you listen to me today? Listen, and I'll help you. Life outside of Christ cannot work, will not work. It won't work. It will never work. It's not meant to work. So many people wonder, what's my problem? Why am I trying to do all these other, it's like it doesn't matter what I try to do. I can't ever seem to fix the problem. It's because you're trying to fix the problem outside of Christ and apart from Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only one, hallelujah. So I'm telling you, there's not a thousand different ways to live life, there's only one way to live your life and it's through Jesus Christ according to this word. Yeah, give God praise for that. Take a minute and give the Lord a shout of praise. Man, there's people, they'll go from counselor to counselor, drug meeting to drug meeting, you know, AA meeting to another AA meeting, marriage counselor to marriage counselor, and they still cannot get resolved to their problems. And again, it's because you're not there's only one way it's through Jesus Christ. If you'll seek first the kingdom of heaven, he said, above all else and live righteously I'll give you everything else you need in life isn't that an amazing promise you know that you actually don't have to figure out every little step and every detail he made it so simple take this word seek first put me first say first Not in the back seat, put Jesus first. Get your family saved, get your children saved, get your wife saved, get the husband saved, and begin to put God first. And I promise you, I guarantee you, watch everything else in your life begin to work out supernaturally. Watch your finances begin to work out when the man and the wife get saved and begin to live their life through the person of Jesus Christ. Watch the opportunities that will open up for you. Watch how God redeems even prodigal children, even some people that they've lived a life of of sin and they say, I ran my children off, they want nothing to do with me. Start living your life through the person of Jesus Christ and he'll begin to supernaturally return everything that was lost to you. There's one solution, it's Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about, God's answer to all of humanity. Man, that's powerful. Hallelujah. Jesus is the only way. Say that. Say, Jesus is the only way. Say, he's the only truth. He's the only life. There's only one way to live life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at this. Jesus is God's answer, not only to sin, he's God's answer to the bondage of the devil. Isaiah 9-4, that prophecy we read about the Messiah, it says, For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You know, uh, well, let me keep reading. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. I want to give you a couple points from this text. Number one, the blood of Jesus breaks the devil's grip in your life. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus breaks the devil's grip in your life. Can I tell you the assignment of the enemy? John 10, 10, The enemy, the devil, comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. Jesus said, but yet I have come that you may have life and have life abundantly. Yes. Can anybody look at their life and think of a time that something's been stolen from you? Can anybody look at their life and, and, and think of a time where you've suffered death? Somebody died, a child, a family member. There was death that, was, that came into your family. Can you look into your life and say, when, identify a time when something was destroyed in your life? According to the Bible, that was not God who did that. That was the devil who did that. The enemy comes to kill. The enemy, say the enemy. To steal, to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life abundantly. You know, whenever we were born, the Bible says... God created the heavens and the earth. He made a man. He made a woman. He made Adam and Eve. Y'all familiar with that story? He made them perfect without sin. He gave them dominion over all the earth. And yet this, the devil, this little cunning little serpent, came into the garden and tricked the woman, gave her the fruit. They ate of the fruit. They disobeyed God. And that is when the Bible says sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, it says at that moment, their eyes were opened. And I'm going to tell you something, that at that moment, man and woman actually took on a different form, a different identity. Amen. And then the Bible says that seed produces according to its kind. So now all of a sudden, man and woman fell from being like God, how they were created, and now they start having babies. And what does that mean? That they came under bondage and they start reproducing and having children who, come, who are under, born into the bondage of the enemy. Are you guys following me here? So every single one of us were born into a system, a, 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 an oppressive hand that is over us to steal, to kill, to destroy. Every one of us. That's why many people say, how come I've lived such a hard life? How come even when I was a child, It seemed like there was just nothing but destruction. It wasn't my fault. I had to go through things that, that were not my fault. I had no part in it. I was just a child. It's because you were born underneath the oppressive hand of the enemy. And there's only one solution to that oppressive hand, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that breaks the hand of the devil off of your life. The only thing. Say the only thing. The Bible says in Colossians two fourteen through 15, he canceled the record of charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross. Who was nailed to the cross? Say Jesus. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That word disarmed, it actually means that he stripped them of their power. Hallelujah. So what does that tell you? That when Jesus went to the cross, he stripped the devil of his power. Hallelujah. That oppressive hand that kills, that steals, then destroys, God gave a solution, and it was the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. When you come into Christ, you come out from underneath the devil's power. Look at Colossians 1.13. It says, For he has rescued us. From the kingdom of darkness and transferred us. Say, transferred us. That word transferred, it actually, it means to translate. All right, this is kind of weird, but it really means like to teleport. Say, teleport. I mean, it's literally like, boom, you're just, you're taken. It says he has transferred us from, let's see here, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So does that mean that when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he actually takes you out of that system? Can anybody identify and say, you know what, I've seen that oppressive hand in my life. And it didn't matter how many meetings I went to, it didn't matter how many times I tried to make things right, it just seemed like a vicious, endless cycle that that there was no solution to. That's because there's only one solution, it's Jesus Christ. It's a supernatural solution. Before you can get resolution, right, you you, you have to deal with the root. It's a spiritual problem. You have to come out from underneath the enemy's hand. Hallelujah. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and for many people the devil has been allowed to have free reign. But once you come under the blood of Jesus, he is defeated for good in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God telling you guys Jesus is the answer to your family he's the answer to your children Jesus is the answer to drug addiction Jesus is the answer to cancer hallelujah Jesus is the answer say he's the answer Some of you have been wondering, man, I would like my family blessed and I'll deal with that in just a moment. What can I do? If you're a father in here, I'm trying to help you. What can I do to change the course of my family's life from this day forward? Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're a man in this room, surrender your life to Jesus Christ and mark my words. Your wife will follow and your children will follow and you'll live in the blessing of God. So it says that Jesus is God's answer to the bondage of the devil. It says that in Isaiah chapter 9, he will break the yoke of of their slavery and lift the heavy burden off their shoulders. You'll break the oppressor's rod. It says just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. So not only did Jesus spiritually break the enemy's hold over our lives while we live on this earth, but there's another interpretation of this. And it's this that Christ will physically destroy his enemies at his second coming. So basically what I want to say to you is this. The Bible says that not only did Jesus come in John 1, the word became flesh, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is coming back again. I want you to hear me loud and I want you to hear me clear. Jesus Christ is coming back again. And if, if you really study this, I believe, sooner rather than later, are you guys with me physically coming back to the earth the next event to take place according to the scripture is what's known as the rapture of the church in one moment we'll be caught up the dead will rise in Christ and together with them we'll go to meet the Lord in the air and and instantaneously we'll be transformed and receive glorified bodies and then together with them we'll go and be with the Lord forever are you with me So I basically have this question. I'm not going to get into teaching you about all of this, but this is the next event, and my question is this. Are you ready? Are you ready? When Jesus spoke of a second coming, he told them to be ready at all times because I'm telling you, when that event takes place, only those who are ready will go to be with the Lord. You know, and it says that it will happen like a twinkling of an eye. You know how fast an eye blinks? A twinkling, it just means a blink of an eye. You know how fast the eye blinks? Your eye blinks at a fraction of a second. So what that means is when that day comes and you hear that trumpet blast and you begin to physically see the Lord Jesus Christ coming in the air, there will not be time to drop to your knees and say, oh, my gosh, everything that skinny little white preacher dude was saying is true. I guess I better get right with the Lord. There won't be time. In a fraction of a second, we must be ready because we'll be caught up to the Lord just as fast, faster than you could snap your fingers. There won't be time to get to the church and pray. There won't be time to call the pastor and pray. That is why you must be ready in this place. Hallelujah. So I have this question, are you ready? Are you living ready? And I want to challenge you with this as well. Not only are you living ready, but are you living for the kingdom of God? There's so many people investing in so many things. Can you imagine spending your whole life trying to get your 401 built up just right and trying to get your retirement, trying to get all this stuff? And that's, that's wisdom to do that, I understand. But can you imagine just in the blink of an eye, Jesus Christ returns and you realize I did all of this stuff and it means absolutely nothing. I sacrificed so many things that God could have used me to do, and now it means absolutely nothing. Are you living, not only do you believe, but are you living through the person of Jesus Christ? You know, Christianity, Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You know, that's the essence of what it means to be a Christian. It's not just coming to church. It's actually, I have died. The old man has died, and behold, all things are new. And it's not, it's not John, it's not Kim. It's not Karen that lives. It's not Danny that lives or Mike or Doug that lives. It's Jesus Christ that lives through us. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus just only concerned with 401Ks and, and, and things like that? No, Jesus was a soul winner. Jesus went around preaching, teaching, healing the sick and announcing the good news of the kingdom. So if Christ is living through me, We should see those things in our lives. We should be given to those things. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you ready? And then I want to say this. This is my final point this morning. And if you would, security, text the Children's Church. We have baptisms coming up in just a moment. Let them know to to get ready for that. Thank you. Number three. God, we said Jesus is God's answer to all human, uh, humanity. Number three, Jesus is God's answer to every promise of blessing. Jesus is God's answer to every promise of blessing. I'll show you what I mean by that. Look at 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. Apostle Paul said, as surely as God is faithful, our words do not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. Man, I'm going to encourage you with a word this morning. He always does what he says. That means that if you can get in this book and find out where God said it and then stand on it and believe it, you'll never see God forsake you. Ever. Say ever. Ever. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never he'll never allow his word to not come to pass in your life. But you better get some bulldog faith and, and walk by faith and not by sight and say, I'm going to believe God's word at all costs. And I believe that God will always do what he said every single time. Every single time. When you get a hold of that, you'll start making statements like, it's impossible for me to die young in Jesus' name. It's impossible for me to die ridden with cancer. It's impossible for me to run out and to go bankrupt. It's impossible. I know those seem like bold statements, but when you see the promises in God's word, that if we do this, it, 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 this is what he promises to do. If you understand the covenant that God's made with you, you can make bold statements like that. And you can say, God will always do what he says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what, if you ever come into a situation where you lose a job, you know what needs to come out of your mouth? The Lord said he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He said he'd bless all the work that I did. He said that I'd be a tree planted by the river, bearing fruit in each season, never withering, prospering in everything that I do. I believe no matter what I'm going through, I believe God's word, and I believe that he's opening up something better for me because he will always do what he says. Hallelujah. So it says, God's promise, it says, uh, he always does what he says, verse 20, for all of God's promises. All, say all. All. How many? What does all mean? Does that mean some? 50%, 70%, 99%. No, it means all. Every promise that God has to offer, all of God's promises. Look at this word here, have been have been, have is, is have in present tense, right? Is that, no, is is have in future tense? Have is past tense. That means it's already done. Say it's already done. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. You know what that means? That when Jesus hung on that cross, God fulfilled. In that action, every promise of God was given to us. Every promise of God was given to us in Jesus Christ. And I'll explain it a little bit more in a second, but I want you to see verse 20 of the Amplified. It says, for as many as are the promises of God. You know, there's over 8,000 promises in the Bible. And as many as are the promises of God, that means for every single promise that there is in Christ, they are all answered with a yes. Praise God. You know what that means? I'm going to help you out. That means if you can see in this word where God already said yes, he'll never say no. So stop being a Christian that's like, well, you know... uh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting for him to do this. I'm waiting for him to do that. If he said yes, he doesn't waver between yes and no. His promise has already been given to you as a guarantee. Now just act on it in faith. What this actually means is this. The blood of Jesus brings you into a covenant that contains all the promises of God. Hallelujah. You know, God made a covenant with his people. Part of that covenant he made with the people of Israel was different things. He said, I'll be your Jehovah-Jireh. What is Jehovah-Jireh? I'll be your supplier. I will see to it. I'll meet your needs. Part of that covenant, he said, I'll be your El Shaddai. What does that mean? Your abundant supplier. El Shaddai means the many-breasted one. That means there's always enough. Say there's always enough. I'll be your Jehovah Rapha. What does that mean? I'll be the Lord who heals you. I'll take sickness and disease out of your midst, the Bible says. You go through, there's names of God. That's a covenant that he made. I'll do this. I'll do this. This is who I'll be. This is what I'll do. And the most amazing thing is the blood of Jesus brought us into those promises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus swears us in. Now, God, through the blood of Jesus, has promised those things to us. And this is Ephesians 3.6. And this is both God's plan, that both Gentiles and Jews, who believe the good news, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body, and now both enjoy the promise, say, the promise of blessings, why? Because they belong to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that means if you say, well, I want to walk in the blessing of God, there's one answer. Say his name, Jesus. You must, again, The reason I'm saying that is because a lot of people do it backwards. They're just chasing a job. They're chasing another promotion. They're chasing the next financial whatever it is. But the actual solution to the blessing of God is the person of Jesus Christ. Give your life to him. Seek first the kingdom of heaven above all else. And what did he say? Everything else will be added unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So here's my concluding statement. Christmas... Listen to this. Christmas is the celebration of God answering all things. Say all things. Come on, turn to your neighbor. And say all things. Christmas is the celebration of God answering all things through His Son Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, just give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Now, this is what I want to do. We have a couple of boys this morning that are going to get baptized, and and I'm going to. I'm going to do that, but before I do, I want to give you an opportunity. I don't want you to just hear this word. I believe that maybe there's somebody in this room, you're saying, I need to respond to this. Guys, and I'm telling you, don't wait till tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. There's people that they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, and then the devil will just continue to ruin their life, occupy their lives, and they'll keep waiting until it's too late. Today, you're not here by accident. Listen to me. If you're here and what I'm saying resonates with you and you know you need to respond, you're not here by coincidence. You know, the Bible actually says that he causes all things to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose for them. In that, in that passage in, Roman eight, in Romans chapter 8, it says that God draws people to himself. The fact that you're in this room this morning, it's not by accident. God is drawing you, yeah. especially if you know that there, I need to be right with God. I need to call on the name of Jesus Christ. I need to get my life. I need to get my family in order. You're not here by coincidence. God has divinely brought you here to hear this message this morning. And so I'm going to give a call for two things. Every head bowed. Number one, if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, just know what I said. God loves you. He's not judging you. I don't care how many times you've missed it. The light didn't come into the light. The light came into the darkness while we were still sinners. God loves you. If you've never called on his name and you want to be saved today, or number two, you say I once called on the name of Jesus. Maybe I grew up in church. Maybe I grew up with family, or my parents were Christians, and I grew up in that way. But I have departed from that way. I have went into the world. I've went in a totally different direction. And I know that the Lord brought me here today to get my life and my family's life back on track. If you meet either two of those requirements, I want if every head bowed, every head bowed, nobody looking around, every eye closed. If you meet Either one of those things. Don't hesitate. Right now, I just want you to lift your hand. If you'd like to call on the name of Jesus. Every head bowed. Anybody in the room saying, Today, I'd like to make things right with God. Hallelujah. Hannah, would you come up and play something for me? Just another second. We have one hand. Anybody else? Come on, be bold today. Be bold. Is there anybody else? There's two hands. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, don't wait and don't hesitate. This is the most important decision you could ever make in your life. He's got both hands lifted. He's like me. Anybody else? Come on. Hallelujah. Give you just another second, about 10 more seconds here. And I'm pleading with you because God loves you. There's heaven to gain and there's hell to shun. Amen. There's a heaven to gain. There's hell to shun. If there's anybody else in this room, you're saying, I know that that's me. I know that that's me. Even if you're a child and you'd like to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you've not done that, just lift your hand. Praise the Lord. One hand, two hands. Praise God. Praise God. All right, if if everybody, you can pick your hand up. You lifted your hands. I want you to do something bold. I want you to come join me up front right down here. We're just going to pray a simple prayer together. As they come, will you guys just give them a round of applause just right here in front of me? Thank you, Lord. Ushers, will you help me out here a little bit? Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer. What was your name, my friend? Aries. Aries. You came to the outreach yesterday, didn't you? Hallelujah. Our friend here came to the outreach yesterday, was blessed, and they came to church. Now, look, giving his life to Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Yeah, amen. Hey, if it, was, if it was all just for you, it was worth it because God loves you that much. You're worth it. Hallelujah. I know you, Brother Michael. So let's pray. Just as simple as this. The Bible says it's with the heart you believe, with the mouth you make confession. So I want you to, to openly make this confession. Can you both do that? You agree to do that? Okay, I want you to say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I call on his name for salvation. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that you raised him from the dead. He's alive. He's living. And now today, I'll live for him. Write my name in the book of life. And remember me in heaven. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. Love you. Love you. Come on, give me a hug. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all, come on, one more time. Praise the Lord for that. That is amazing. Praise God. Now, we're going to take a moment. Before I release you, we're going to do a couple of baptisms. I believe we got two getting baptized this morning, right? Y'all come on up here. Y'all give them a round of applause. Come on up. So tell everybody your name. Huntley. What's your name? Broughton. Huntley and Brighton. Praise the Lord. If I can, Michael, will you come up? I want you to just share quickly kind of a quick story of how you guys came into the church, what God's been doing in you, and, and kind of what you approached approached me and, and said, and uh, I'd love for them to hear this testimony. I just, my mother, she started coming here, and then uh, so we uh, decided to come, me and my wife and kids, and I just felt like this is the road that I needed to be going down to show my kids the way of the Lord, and it's just falling into place so you and your wife are getting baptized next right yes sir absolutely yeah michael came so his mother came got saved got plugged in and then through her right christians winning the lost their own family i'm telling you there's hope there's hope for your children This is amazing, God restoring this whole family, bringing them together. They came into the church. He came to me after him and his wife got saved, and and he said, you know what? The Lord's speaking to me as the man. I want to get me, my wife, and my children want to get baptized, and we just want to set our lives on the right path and live for Jesus and live through Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Praise God. If I can get some help up here, ushers, please. Thank you. You guys ready? Who's going first? Brighton, you want to go first? All right, Brighton, we'll go first. Boys, I just want you to I, I want you to understand this. before I baptize you, Brighton, Brighton, Brighton and Huntley, I want you to understand this. okay, what baptism is is the Bible says, you know baptism is not you being saved. Because there was a thief that hung on the cross next to Jesus. He was never baptized, but Jesus said, Today you'll walk with me in glory. But what baptism is, is it says that we were counted in Christ. When he was buried, we're buried. That, that we're counting ourselves dead. So today you're saying the old Huntley, which I know, you're like, well, I'm just a kid, but you're deciding this. That that, that sin, that that Huntley dies to himself, and today I'm going to live for Jesus Christ and it's no longer I who live but it's going to be Christ that lives through me. Brighton you're saying today the old Brighton dies and that from this day forward you're going to live for Jesus Christ and that it's no longer you that lives but it's Christ that lives through you. You both you both agree to that? You both willing to make that public confession in front of everybody? You're going to live for the Lord? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to pray over both of them, Father. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for your plan and your purpose over their life. And I just declare that the assignment of the enemy to kill them, to steal and destroy their life, purpose, and destiny, it's canceled from this day forward in Jesus' name. They will live as men of God. They will serve you, and they'll walk in your supernatural blessing. That, Lord, you'll bring to them things that the world could never do for themselves as they seek first your kingdom. Everything else will be added to them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord one more shout of praise this morning. If God's Yes, yes, yes. If God if God is speaking to you and your family about doing this very exact thing, get with us after service and and we'll set it up and make it happen. Amen. Well, y'all, thank you for coming to our Christmas special today. We love you all so very much. We'd love to invite you. Next week, we do have a, a quick communion service, and we have service every single Sunday at 1030 and Wednesday at 630 p.m. But I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.